Right now, it's Barry and Shauna Replay from 89.3 Moody Radio. Maybe you're like me. Several times a week, I feel overwhelmed by a thousand and one decisions. Little tiny ones, medium-sized ones, really big ones. Jesus, what should I do? What am I supposed to do? And he says to me, follow me. Wow, I think I can do that. John 10, 27 and 28, the words of Jesus. My sheep know my voice and I know them. They follow me and I give them eternal life so that they will never be lost. No one can snatch them out of my hand. John Eldridge writes, in knowing the heart of God, we are invited to become followers of Jesus, not just believers, Mm -hmm. followers. Are you a follower of Jesus? Because there's a difference between believing and following. Follower assumes that someone else is doing the leading, as in, he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. He goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. That's Jesus' words again in John 10, 3 and 4. Jesus leads us to an intimacy with God, leads us to the life we're meant to live, if we follow him. Psalm 32, 8. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and watch over you. That is so encouraging to not take life on my own, to not put life on my shoulders, but to put them on his shoulders and just follow him. Right. And the counseling part, you know, I mean, (laughs) we all need a good counselor. I am a firm believer in counseling and just the, God is our right here, right now, present God who offers us wisdom. I mean, like godly wisdom. He knows all things and he offers us counsel day in and day out. We just have to be be aware of his presence and be willing to ask him for it. Yeah. And in Isaiah 9, you know, it's a prophecy of Jesus. One of his names is Wonderful Counselor. And, you know, he's given us the Holy Spirit to be the wonderful counsel of Jesus. We get to be counseled by and led by Jesus, mm-hmm. the, the Messiah. So he promises to guide us in the minute details of life when we don't know what to do. Psalm 32, 9 says, Don't be like the horse or the mule which have no understanding, but must be controlled by bit and bridle, or they will not come to you. In other words, I hear the Lord saying to me, Perry, don't be stubborn mm-hmm. and unyielding, Listen to me, submit to me, because I know what's best for you. I've, I have what's best for you in mind. Yeah, and learning to hear the voice of God and knowing that it's him speaking is a learning. It's a learning. And for me, it's come by way of just spending time in Scripture and hearing, you know, this is what the voice of God sounds like. This is the, these are the kinds of things that God says. But it's, it's usually for me, it's a thought that comes to my mind that I know is not mine because I might not even necessarily be in agreement with it. You know, God speaks something to, you know, it's as it comes as a thought, but it's a thought that feels foreign mm-hmm. to my own way of thinking. And I might even disagree, you know, or argue a little bit back and forth. But that is how God starts to speak to us. And, and if we can learn to hear his voice and then we can learn to be obedient to his voice, that's where the following comes in. Because yeah. just hearing it isn't necessarily following. Right. It's taking that step of obedience. The other day I was listening to a message and it was the story of the rich young ruler 
and how, you know, Jesus said, you lack one thing, you know, you're doing all these good things, but you lack one thing, sell everything that you have, sell all your possessions, give them to the poor and come follow me. And it really felt like Jesus was saying that to me. And, and so I'm, I'm wrestling with what does it look like in real life to sell everything that I have, give it to the poor and come and follow him. Mm-hmm. Because if I'm captured by his love for me and how great his love for me is, it's not that I have to give it all away. It's that I get to give it all right. away. So, right. you know, that's, Jesus said that, you know, and, and I'm wrestling with, what does that look like? You know, mm-hmm. it, what does it look like? And I think it means, yeah, just being willing to, to let go, let go of all the things that I hold so precious and don't mm-hmm. want to let go of. Right. And when we don't know what to do and we're like, what does that look like? And how do I walk this out? Just like God spoke to you. Hey, Perry, this is something I want to you know, I want to chat with you about, or I want to talk to you about, he'll instruct you on what it looks like. Hmm. I definitely get the wrestling period though. The man, I want to follow you. I hear you, God. I know that you're speaking, but I don't know what you want me to do about it. You know, Mm -hmm. we don't know what circumstances are around the corner for you where this conversation with the Lord just readied your heart. So when that conversation comes or that circumstance comes, you are ready to respond because of the conversation you've already had with the Lord. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, the wrestling is is mandatory mm-hmm. when it comes to knowing what it means, what it looks like to radically follow Jesus or to simply follow Jesus. So when you don't know the way to take, listen for his voice, wrestle, yield to his voice, and follow him. Good morning, my friend. It is Thanksgiving month, and so we're just getting started on the Gratitude is Greater Than Grumbling Challenge. It's day three today. Here's what we're doing. Instead of complaining, we're giving thanks. Sometimes praise comes really easy, but sometimes we have to work at it a little bit. My oldest child, Bryn, our daughter, had shared with us that she would be moving to the Czech Republic, and we knew it was coming. She moved out of her house, and she moved in with us, filled a backpack and two suitcases with what she could, and then donated the rest of her belongings, sold her car. We got to have her live with us for a few months before she left, and that was amazing. I love seeing her face every day. I love hearing her voice. And I just, honestly, I drink in every conversation, every meal we cook together side by side, chopping veggies or whatever. Every Saturday morning breakfast at Starbucks, she introduced me to the bacon egg Gouda sandwich at Starbucks, which is amazing. My favorite. But long before I was ready, it was, it was time to say goodbye. And I woke up knowing today's the day. Today's the day. It's moving day. We have to say goodbye. And we had way more time together than I was expecting, but I still, I wasn't ready to say goodbye. And I don't know that I ever would be. Moms don't want their kids to leave. Not that far away anyway, but it was moving day either way. And I was feeling so sad and I didn't want to say goodbye. So I woke up knowing it was the day and I would send a part of my heart overseas So I needed to spend some time with Jesus. So I got to my spot where I read and I pray and do my devotions. And I just need to be reminded to trust God, especially on this day. And as I was doing my devotions, I read, affirm your trust in me, regardless of how you feel. And then God challenged me even further. Thank me for everything. 
though this feels unnatural. And it was just one of those devotions, one of those quiet times where you felt like God's so aware of my circumstances. And I know this was written like years ago by someone else, but it just feels like God is speaking directly to my heart today. So I did. I thanked God for who my daughter is to me, for the joy of our relationship and the moments that we've had together, especially over the last, you know, the few months before she moved. And I thanked God for preparing a community for her in the Czech Republic and a home for her in Brno there. Trusting God isn't always easy or natural, but when we trust God, our joy increases. And when we thank God, we're verbalizing our trust in him. And as a result of experiencing, of, you know, expressing that we trust him and thanking him, we experience greater peace too. Here's the deal. Regardless of how you feel, you can trust God. Our joy and our peace increase when we choose to trust God and we thank God regardless of how we're feeling. It's as though, you know, we're saying, okay, everything in me wants to freak out. I want to cry. I want to stop time. I want to stop that airplane, whatever. But because you're God and because you're good, I'm not going to give in to my feelings today. I choose to trust you instead of trusting my feelings. In fact, I trust you so much. I'm going to thank you. I'm going to thank you for what you're doing, even though I can't see it. Even though my heart's breaking, I'm going to thank you because I trust you. So what comes to me in this is this is just such a specific example. Mm -hmm. Your story with Bree is... Bryn, <laughs> Bree is my my daughter-in-law. Your story with Bryn just is a great example of, you know, shifting the reality that life is on the Lord. It's not on you. You're not in control. I'm not in control. It's not on me to figure out life. It's it's on the Lord's shoulders. Mm-hmm. And then he knows what he's doing. And I think when it comes to our kids, the things most precious to us, can we let them go? And is maybe Thanksgiving a way to turn those things over to the mm-hmm. Lord? I think it is. Yeah. And fast forward, I mean, this was, she's been in Brno for a year now. So this was a year ago. But fast forward, we got to visit her this summer and we got to see God provided an apartment for her, a great apartment in a safe place that's so perfectly suited for her. You know, she's got great community. She's got a great church. She's meeting people. You know, it's just, it's a beautiful thing that's unfolded for her there. But I didn't know all that when I was saying goodbye. And so there are moments in life and they're not going to look exactly like this. Your moment maybe isn't exactly like mine, but there's stuff going on where from where you're standing right now, you can't see how it's going to unfold and it's painful and it's hard. And I think of, you know, when God called Abraham, he said go to a land that I will show you. Mm -hmm. And he didn't know where he was going and he didn't know how it was going to turn out. But somehow he trusted that God is good and that he had good in store for him. And so he walked a thousand miles not knowing where he was going. It's like every step of the way he was saying, thank you, Lord. Thank Mm -hmm. you, Lord. I know know you know what you're doing. Yeah, I trust you. I trust you. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. Ephesians 5, 19 through 20 says, sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So yeah, you might be going through something really, really hard right now and it feels unnatural to praise God in the midst of it. I get it. And if you need his peace, if you want more joy, 
thanking God and praising him is a step in the right direction. Maybe just take that first step this morning. What can you thank God for today? Even now, even though. I think here's a healthy way to approach the prayer. Just pray this, pray this prayer with me. God, even though, and then finish that sentence. I'm praising you today for, and then finish that sentence. C.S. Lewis says, hell begins with a grumbling mood. Hell begins with a grumbling mood. Always complaining, always blaming others, but you are still distinct from it. You may even criticize it in yourself and wish you could stop, but there may come a day when you can no longer. Then there will be no you left to criticize the mood or even to enjoy it, but just the grumble itself going on forever like a machine. It is not a question of God sending us to hell. In each of us, there is something growing which will be hell unless it is nipped in the bud. Mm. Strong words. Yeah. And it reminds me of Jesus' words. You know, if, you're, if your hand offends you, cut it off. You know, it's not literal, but, you know, take drastic measures with your sin. And it, it just makes me think that, you know, we become what we feed mm. and... If I keep feeding that selfishness in me, the grumbling and the complaining in me, I will become that forever. I will become the worst thing about myself forever Mm -hmm. if I keep feeding it. And only the gospel can break this cycle because the gospel changes our hearts and gives us hearts of gratitude and shifts me from being self-absorbed to being a person who gives thanks and it, it gets me out of this self-entitlement. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm entitled. I think that's where the grumbling in me comes from. It's like, I'm entitled. You know, the world revolves around me. Yeah. And so breaking that cycle comes through thanksgiving and, and realizing what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You know, that breaks that cycle. Yeah. I think there's definitely a link between grumbling and entitlement, you know, and entitlement is just another word for pride. And scripture tells us the Lord's not fond of pride. Mm. You know, pride is something that he hates. Yeah. So, yeah. And I love how C.S. Lewis put it. You know what I mean? It will take over and it will become us unless, unless it's nipped in the butt and nipped in the butt is, you know, Lord created me a clean heart, you know, look at my heart, look at the inside, show me what's not right. And then lead me in the way everlasting. Show me how to nip it in the bud, if you will. Mm -hmm. And so what's the official name of your challenge? Gratitude is greater than grumbling. Okay. I'm in. Yes! I cannot believe it. Yay! I'm so excited. Hold it here. Ben, she says, I cannot believe it. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm glad that you are in. So why do you think she can't believe it, Perry? Well, I guess she thinks I'm just a... A grumbling person, and no. I don't have the aptitude wow. to no. give thanks. Wow! No, that's not true. I think, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think I think actually that you like to be outside the box a little bit, and so if the box is this challenge, then you're like, mm, I don't know, we'll see. <laughs> well, I needed time to think it over. I needed Good. time to process it, and when I came across this quote from C.S. Lewis, I thought, hmm, why would I not be part of that yeah. challenge? Yeah. For the month of November, as we prepare our hearts for Thanksgiving, here's the challenge. There's just a bunch of us that are doing this together, and we're just going to not 
complain for the month of November. And in fact, we're going to raise the bar a little bit. And instead of complaining, start praising God instead. If you're in on the challenge, text the word gratitude to 800-968-8930. We'll put you in the group and send you some encouragements. I promise I won't overwhelm you with things that you don't want, but just little encouragements along the way to kind of keep you pointed in the right direction. I don't know that you're getting my number though. (laughs) I know your number, Barry. (laughs) (laughs) so i gotta be honest with you when my kids were little and the house was full there was a particular household chore that made me crazy i just could not stand doing laundry Mm. so i had you know i was homeschooling i had four children i still do now i have five because i have a son-in-law but i don't do his laundry anyway i was leading a women's ministry at the time i was uh you know leading worship and the worship ministry at a home-based business. And I'm telling you, I just felt like laundry was the straw that broke the camel's back. I just could not do it. It made me so grumpy. And it was all about the folding of the laundry. I don't so much mind sorting it all out, keeping the loads going. You know, it's just when that dryer beeps, it's like, oh no, you gotta fold all that clothes. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> done. I'm a slave to the, to the, to the dryer. I did. Oh, it was so frustrating. Also just a side note, you know, no extra charge on this one, but we bought appliances all from the same company, same brand when we lived in Arizona back when the kids were little. And so they all had the sound, the same sound mechanism. So I never knew, you know, if dinner was done or my laundry was done or cause they all beeped the same. It was annoying. So we moved here and I got a different everything, like a Samsung stove and a GE microwave. And a, yeah. Seems like a first world problem to yeah, me. Yeah, I know. You're all feeling so sad for me <laughs> at the moment. Anyway, back to laundry, not a fan. So I would sit there and I'd be folding the laundry just item after item, six people's worth of clothing, not to mention at that time living in Arizona, we got a better rate if we did our laundry after 9 p.m. or before 8 a.m., which was usually like not when I wanted to be doing laundry, you know, way past my bedtime or whatever. So I got, I was grumpy. I was legit grumpy when it came well, to doing laundry. I can see you've been taking care of kids all day. You've been doing all this stuff. And then on top of that, you got to look forward to doing laundry late at night. Yeah, it's going to happen. I can't even just get it over with and get it done. I, I want to wait. I want to grumble for you right now. Well, thanks, Perry. I feel so, you know. <laughs> validated? Val- val- there we go. That's what I was looking for, validated. Yeah. yeah, so I'm grumbly and I'm doing the laundry and I confess to the Lord just how much I hate doing it. I just start having a conversation with him, right? And I felt guilty for despising have to, having to do this chore that I had to do like at least once a week I was doing laundry and every time I'd have this really bad attitude in it about it. So in this kind of moment of vulnerability and honesty with God, the Holy Spirit whispered a question to my heart in the quiet. I just heard, why? I was like, why? What do you mean, Lord? Like, why? You know, and it was like, well, why, why do you do the laundry? I was like, well, because it has to be done. (laughs) It's just a necessary evil. What do you mean? Why? (laughs) Then I got another why. Why? Well, because we can't wear dirty clothes, you know, it's, it's not healthy. I want my kids to smell good. I want them to feel good. I want them to enter into the day with confidence, you know, and I want them to have friends. I don't want them to be stinky. So why then, Shauna, why do you do the laundry? And I was like, oh, I see where we're going with this. 
I do the laundry because I love my family. I want them to put on clean clothes. I want them to have choices. You know, I want them to step into their day with confidence. I want them to feel good about themselves. And I want them to be able to be, you know, able to love other people and be loved on by other people. This is why I do laundry. So now after this conversation with the Lord, folding clothes has become kind of sacred. He really kind of reshaped how I think about it and how I approach it. So now when I'm folding clothes since that day and my conversation with the Lord over laundry, I see it as an opportunity to pray for my family. So if I pick up a shirt out of the load, I just pray for whoever's shirt that is. I pray for that person and whatever they're going to be doing that day, that God would be with them and that, you know, they would know that they're loved and just that kind of thing. It just really reshaped how I approached it. It was a mindset thing. I still had to fold them the same, you know, it's still the same routine, just a different mindset. This is a great example of a very practical way that it looks like to live a cross-shaped life, you know, to live a life of a servant. You know, we're not just to believe the gospel, but to become the gospel. Mm -hmm. I think of Philippians 2, you know, your attitude should be the same as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he humbled himself, Mm -hmm. became a human, became obedient, Mm -hmm. obedient to death. So, you know, all that to say that this is, this is not an insignificant thing. This was a way God was forming in you. And these are ways God forms in us, this cross-shaped life. Even as I share this with you, I'm realizing, you know, this was something that happened many years ago when my kids were really little that God reframed how I thought about laundry. But I feel like there's an opportunity for me to reframe mm-hmm. how I see cooking. Cause now that's that thing that I'm yeah. like, man, can we just like, if we could just have food ready, that would be so nice. Like I love to eat. I just don't enjoy, Oh man, I, you know, it's getting late. I need to start making the meal and I need to start cooking. It's like, I think I need to revisit this conversation and ask the Lord to show me a little bit more about why I do the cooking. I think yeah. you'll get the same answer. Probably because <laughs> I love my family and I want them to be well fed. Yeah. But if there's a chore or a task that you have to do that, man, you just hate it. You do tell God about it and listen to what he has to say. Turn your complaining into thinking and into praising instead. First Thessalonians 5, 16, 17, 18. So good. Rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances, even when you're doing your laundry. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do I have to? Grumbling and complaining can be a powerful force in my life. I feel its pull. It's like being near a black hole in space. You feel the pull of it, but there's still time to break free. But the more I complain and grumble, the closer and closer I get to the black hole. And eventually the gravitational pull will be so great that I'll get completely sucked in, completely swallowed up by grumbling. I don't want that. Giving thanks is the way to break free. And giving thanks for the greatest gift of all is the game changer. Back in Genesis, the first book in the Bible, Abraham has to wait and wait for his promised son, Isaac. And finally, Isaac's born. God has promised that Abraham will become a great nation and that through him, all the families of the earth would be blessed. And all these promises depend on Isaac. So he has the promised son now. 
then why does God ask Abraham to sacrifice the child of promise? Abraham doesn't argue with God about this. He knows he's a debtor to God. He knows that because of his sin, he owes God something more precious than his own life, his own son. And Isaac, once he realizes that he's the sacrifice, he doesn't resist because he knows he deserves death for his sin. In the ancient world, people had this sense, this sense that they were debtors. Mm -hmm. And in the modern world, we have this sense that we're entitled. Yeah. Huge difference. You know what? I saw this displayed for me on our trip to Europe this summer. In the States here, when I come across people who are in need of money and begging for money on the street, mm-hmm. they're typically standing at maybe an intersection, you know, as I'm kind of living, leaving a, a parking lot or something, there'll be somebody standing there holding a sign. And I don't know, maybe it's just me, but sometimes I do get a little bit of a sense of entitlement or you might see somebody and just kind of leaning back against a pole with a sign and there's an expectation that we're supposed to give something. When we were in Europe this summer, the beggars have a very different posture and a very different approach. We would see people on the street and they would have a bowl in front of them, but they would be on their knees with their face down to the ground. And I think, man, that is the posture that I, that is right for me to have in my relationship with God and in Mm -hmm. my great need, you know, and sometimes in our, even in our great need, we have this entitled lean back against the post. You owe me something kind of attitude rather than a, you know, I am in deep need. Desperate. Yeah. Not entitled. Desperate. So back to the Abraham story, Abraham raises the knife And he's ready to bring it down when the angel of the Lord says, you passed the test, Abraham. I will fulfill all my promises to you. Mm -hmm. Just then, Abraham sees a ram caught in the thicket. You know the story. And he sacrifices the ram instead of his son. And Abraham called that place the Lord will provide or Jehovah Jireh. And to this day, it is said on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Genesis twenty two fourteen. That mountain, Mount Moriah, this is so amazing. God's plan is so amazing. That mountain, Mount Moriah, where God provided the lamb is the same mountain where the temple was built. And, you know, th- that was the temple where sacrifices were made so that sins could be forgiven, so that God's people could draw near to him. 2,000 years later, on Passover, about A.D. 33, if you were standing on the Temple Mount, you could look and see another mount, Golgotha, and you would see Jesus being crucified. And on that mount, sins were finally, fully taken care of. Mm -hmm. On that mount, the Lord provided. Like Abraham, we owe God, I owe God something more precious than my own life because of the debt of my sin. Like Isaac, I deserve death because of my sin. But God, Mm -hmm. come on, but God in his mind-blowing grace said, I'm going to give my one and only precious, my only son for you. And the only son, the one-of-a-kind son said, I'm going to give my life for yours, my life for yours, to pay for your sins in full. All this to say doesn't this give us an incredible motivation to give thanks? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I mean, regardless of what the circumstances are that you're going through right now, which so often gets our attention, you know, that whatever the hardship is that we're going through just takes front and center to just kind of remove it from front and center and put Jesus in that place and fix your eyes on Jesus. It calls us to worship. Mm -hmm. I know for me that if I, if I let this mind blowing grace and love fill my heart with thanks and Lord, please do that in me today. I know that if I let that fill my heart with thanks, it's going to swallow up any and all of my grumbling. Mm. And, and sometimes it's a lot. This is a monumental time to check in because I did a, <laughs> I took a couple baby steps today and I, right. I'm feeling pretty good about it. The first one is that I finally humbled myself and I took the gratitude is greater than grumbling challenge from yes. Shauna. Yes. I'm so proud of you for getting on board. Coach me up a little bit. Well, we're both going to be coaching each other up. We need to hold each other accountable. Now, just this morning, I printed something off and it didn't come. And I went, sent it to the printer a second time. And I was like, why is that that not coming out the printer? Not that I'm (laughs) complaining, but, you know, just keeping it real. So we're going to hold each other accountable as we walk this out. Okay. All right. So that's how it goes down. That's how it goes down. No grumbling. Every time you kind of have that thought and you start to grumble, just catch yourself. Stop it. Put a pin in it and start to praise God instead. All right. And the second step is that I have been on this journey. Ben, tell tell us about the journey I've been on regarding (laughs) basketball. Well, it was maybe four weeks ago that we were told that Perry wanted to restart his basketball career. Mm-hmm. He's got and he had a, a small stint in, in college basketball at Olivet, mm-hmm. and he said he found his basketball. It was in the attic, which mm-hmm. should have been our first red flag, that the ball was up in the attic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so Perry says he found the ball, and it was flat. Yep. And he kept talking basketball, basketball, and I was like, come back to us when the ball has air. Yeah. And... Four weeks later, the ball came in today. He drug it out. At first, I didn't see the big old dent that was in it there from the yeah, lack of air. Right. So I thought he brought it pumped up with air. Nope. And I got a little excited, yet to be let down. But then he pulled out this push you know, pump. Push pump. Yeah, we'll call it that. There you go. And he decided to air it up after we went to break. And he's holding it now in his hands. Yeah. It's coming back to life, the basketball career. And yeah. we might have to get a new morning show host here in a couple of weeks if the NBA comes calling. Right. Right. So, you know, I, I even I, I demonstrated for Ben dribbling between my legs. Did I not? You did. It, it looked painful, but you did it. <laughs> you know, I'm rusty. I'm rusty. All right. So uh, along, I feel like there's a a marriage of these two subjects along the whole subject of, you know, there's a conversation going on. I'm trying to work here. (laughs) There's a combination of the, you know, the grumbling. We have been grumbling about that ball not having air in it. So I'm grateful that the ball has air because we can no longer grumble about the ball not having air in it. There's some shenanigans in the studio this morning. We're tossing the ball around. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening. Questions or comments? Text us at 800-968-8930. That's 800-968-8930.